0: a lot of us just need access. Access is everything for people's careers and so having that access changed my trajectory um, and it changed how I view myself, my work and so I wanted to create access for other people.
1: Welcome to the Visible at Work podcast, the show that shares what to do after you get the job designed to help you navigate workplace issues and unlock executive opportunities through communications. I'm your host, Tracy, and you're welcome. I have a very special guest with me today, and um, she's also been in the forefront and her inspiration for um, helping people to be fearless by sharing her own story and keeping people to be focused on their dreams. And she decided to take her life's lemons and turn them into lemonade with a dash of resilience, a sprinkle of tenacity, a cup of faith, a pinch of grace, and a dose of creativity. So you're welcome, Brittany, Oliver. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you and,
0: you know, just to talk about the journey of turning lemons to lemonade, our career lemons to lemonade, and how we all can really take back our careers, take ownership of our careers and our journeys. Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, you have a very interesting story. You know, you've been on this for about two years and I, I just found you this year. I stumbled on your page this year and I was just I was just soaked in and like, oh wow, this is so amazing. And, um, you know, just tell the audience a little bit about your background, about the 100 interviews and how you were able to turn your lemons to lemonade.
0: Awesome. Well, um, so a little bit of background about me. So I'm from the South. Um, I'm from Tennessee and I grew up in this military town. So, you know, very diverse, different people. But I grew up, you know, being being in classrooms, being in spaces where I didn't feel like I fit in. Right, I didn't feel like I belonged where I was from. I always felt like there was something else out there for me, that there was something else that I was supposed to be doing. And so just not fitting in, um, you know, I also grew up with the whole thing where, you know, black kids would question your blackness, right? Yeah. Or
1: Eboni. Right.
0: Yeah, and I felt isolated from that you know you're the smart girl. Why do you why are you so smart, you know. Mm. Um, So I would get those questions and I just really I just knew there was a space for me. I knew there was a space for me to be black and to be smart and to not shy away from that, right and I found that when I went to college my goal was to go to Howard University and Um, I went and the reason why I was interested in Howard is because I grew up with like jet and Ebony magazines, Mm. and I would read all you know all these really great clips about alumni from that school and I'm like I want to be a part of that legacy Mm. and so I went to Howard and I focused on journalism because I really had this strong interest in public relations. What I loved about public relations is that it blended It blended journalism, you know, the whole writing aspect. But it also had that communication, that relationship building, community building that I really loved and I felt like I was really good at. And so, immediately I started taking on internships. Um, The minute I knew I had to. You were very proactive, yeah. That's what I call about the
1: story, yeah.
0: College I, that summer, I would take, I took my first internship the summer after sophomore year. And then I would intern throughout the school year. Since I was in DC, that worked out being in a metropolitan area, you can, there's a lot of opportunities to intern during the school year. Mm -hmm. And so I have my internships under my belt. I follow the rules, you know, Tracy, Mm -hmm. they always tell you, you know, get your internships, Network, make your connections, and then you'll, you'll get your job. And so mm-hmm. I did that. But little did I know that after I graduated, I would go on over 100 interviews to try to get a PR job. Mm-hmm. So that was like 100 times that someone told me no, just really didn't know how to get over that hump. I'm like, I'm in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm in the city of my dreams. This is where I wanted to be. And I felt so close, but yet so far from where I, I wanted to go and where I should be. Yeah. And I really had to figure out how to navigate that, you know. I did everything, you know, I would do the uh, mock interviews, I would always yeah. have you know, resume reviews. I never, I always went above and beyond because a lot of people were like, but the fact that you had 100 interviews is something special. Yeah. So a lot of, Some people yeah. did
1: not even get called back. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And you know, I, I credit that to you know one having the internship experience, but two, I'd go above and beyond, right? So I didn't just fill out the the job board application. Yeah, you know, I always knew that that was like a black hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take the next level, and I would go on LinkedIn, and I would try to find the hiring manager and send out an email to them. And yeah. that PR background that I had. Help me be resourceful in finding those emails. And so I, yeah, so I would send my little intro email and attach my resume. And it will either let land me an informational interview that would lead to a, you know, a regular job interview, or um, they would just bring me in. But it right. would be, I would get to that last step. And I never would get it. So there were a few things that I would hear back. Some people would say, you were amazing. I wouldn't change how you interviewed at all. But, you know, nepotism won. So we had mm-hmm. to hire the CEO's niece, right? Yeah, Those That'll type of funny. things. <laughs> and that was really heavy around that time, nepotism. Um, some people felt like, oh, you know, you didn't work at some of the top. Ten agencies, yeah. or you didn't. The top ten agencies. So take another internship to validate your experience.
1: Yeah,
0: and I knew from some of my peers that some of the things that I did, I was actually able to pitch and get press hits. Meanwhile, some of my peers that did intern at those never did. Classes, <laughs> you know, never did. They never touched it. Right. They building <laughs> media lists and getting coffee.
1: Yeah. So
0: I was able to do actual account coordinator work, but it wasn't validated because I didn't go to the, you know, the popular firms, right? Mm, mm. Um, or then sometimes I just didn't get feedback at all. And mm. I, I just knew where it was like, I want it to be my fault, right? Why I'm yeah. not getting the job. Like, it would have made me feel better if someone said, well, you messed up here, or you had an error and you here, or, you ahead. said the wrong thing. Yes, and I could take the full blame, but what I learned is that a lot of it had nothing to do with me. And that um, really bothered me. Like, I, it was out of my control. You know, my skin color is out of my control. Yeah. Um, unconscious bias. You know, I can't. I can't do anything about that. Nepotism is out of my control as well, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. all I could do is just show up and me. But that was hard to kind of navigate. Uh-huh. And um, so I had to figure out a plan B. You know, I still want to do this, i still get good at it, but I'm going to have to take a different route to get where I want to go. And wow. so um, I started finding ways to do it on my own while working in a different industry as an office assistant at a hospital
1: um
0: eventually i did get that pr job but then i realized you know it's not about pr it's actually the work that i'm doing or the type of clientele that i'm working with and yeah. it just wasn't a good fit i really realized at that point that you can like pr but sometimes companies aren't the right fit for you yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah.
0: that wasn't a right company for me to apply. And so here I was, you know, on that job hunt again, and I had the opportunity to um, to write for Essence magazine, and that just came out of nowhere. But what I loved about that story is that networking helped me to get into the door for that yeah. opportunity. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when I worked at the hospital. Um, I used to work the evenings, so I missed a lot of the networking opportunities. So I worked from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. And networking happens at Mm 6. And so there were times where I would literally have to, like, beg someone to cover my lunch so that I could run midtown to, like, spend 15 minutes in a room and then come back to uh, Washington and Hyatt. And so I, I try to make an effort to do what I could, but one time, uh, one of my really good friends, she came to visit in New York and she was hosting a album release party um, for Janelle Monet. And she's like, Brittany, you have to come. And I'm like, I have to work that day. <laughs> and she's like, you have to come. And so I tried to find a way to get that shift covered. Yeah. yeah I was able to get day off and I ended up working every day the rest of that month. <laughs> <laughs> just but to make up for it. Yeah, just for one day. Yeah, because it literally was just me during that time. And it was always so hard to yeah, um, get covered yeah and so um, I went and I was able to meet an editor there and from that day forth we kept in touch and I would talk tell her about the good and the bad you know and she loved that I kept in touch I was authentic and so when there was an opportunity for her to for her to have an opening and to bring someone else on to help me and when I got over the shame and embarrassment of about having to do a job search again. I finally told her, you know, I'm in this position where I need a job. She's like, you should have said something. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone to help me. And she mm-hmm. was like, let me call you back. The next day, she offered me the opportunity to work under her so now i'm writing i'm in this black girl magic headquarters mm-hmm. and it's amazing tracy like i'm really learning i never knew i needed that environment um yeah it's if, right. if, yeah like if anyone could like just for a moment in their career be in a like all black environment <laughs> that <laughs> would be good like really because there's just nuances in corporate america mm-hmm. that we face being like the only one yeah. That you just don't have to experience there and it just made going to work or showing up at work a little bit easier, not having to worry about, you know, do people think I'm too aggressive? Mm. Um, are people going to ask me something about my hair today? Because <laughs> you look know,
1: different. Is that you? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they don't know that we changed our hair up. Yeah. You know.
1: So Brittany you you, you you said something very very important just now you know that um, we all have like our own cups of lemonade filled with stories of triumphs and tribulations which you just shared and you know talking about like your own story how to how you navigated everything all the interviews and all but you were still like pushing and doing all the right thing. and I see that connection between like being a foreign professional like for someone who didn't grow up in the US and then you move and you already had a career wherever you are, wherever you were and then you move to a different city or a different country. It's almost like trying. you have to like go through the ropes again. So, which is why, you know, I wanted you to be a guest on the show to just share your own story because some of those things that you've mentioned are also things that anybody else coming into a new environment you have to deal with. You have to do with nepotism. Sometimes you have to do with, uh, you know, a lot of no's, Even though you know you are good at what you do, and like you have to do a lot more research and um, like with your background in PR. So there's a lot of connection between like your story, all the things you've done, and then for someone coming into a new system, trying to navigate, you know, that that whole system. And um, so, can you quickly just? um share like what was the turning point for you to share your story i know like you mentioned that you came on sn and you were in a beautiful environment where you're able to try but what was the turning point for you on deciding to share your story
0: well it was being there Mm. so being there seeing being around you know older black women who were just like Girl, I went through a tough job search too. Like, that's nothing. Um, you will overcome. You will, this is just a moment in time. And mm. just, these are women that I admire so much. And I think they're just amazing women. They're doing amazing things. And I would have never known that they had a similar story. And so I realized when you don't share, um, you don't realize your commonalities with people and you don't realize that you're not alone. Because I felt so alone in my journey. And so by being there, that kind of opened me up a little bit more. But then I ended up getting a different job that paid a little bit more. And I missed it so much, the writing. I decided, you know what? I don't have to wait for an editor to approve. Or I don't need to be pitching this out everywhere. I can just write this. And so I had an opportunity with Leva com, it's no longer, but it was a, a career um, women's career site. Yeah, and I was able to share the the story on there, and then it was posted on LinkedIn and it went viral. And so many people had comments and were saying, you know, I identify with that. I totally yeah. know what this feels like. And it was sad. It was bittersweet. It was bitter because it's like, wow, there's just so many people who have to deal with this or people who are still dealing with this because I think that was three years after 2011 that I had wrote about it, three or four years. So to know that people were still having long and hard job searches, that was hard. And it was also hard to see so many Black women saying that they too experienced that. But what was sweet about it is that a community was formed, right? it was like wow we're not alone we are in this together people you know were like share some more stuff you know so it it encouraged me to keep writing and that's why i started the blog and then eventually the event series um because i essence gave me access access in a way that i never had and sometimes we're always told what we should be doing what we don't need to be doing, but it's like, forget all of that. A lot of us just need a door of opportunity to open. People of color, all minorities are taught that we have to work twice as hard, right? Yeah. To get the bare minimum. And that's something that needs to change. We really are the inter, I guess, inter-conflicts that we put amongst each other needs to stop because we're really in this together and we need to be in it together because um, data shows that especially for women of color by Mm -hmm. 2060 the workplace will be majority women of color yeah and so what does that mean that means that if companies aren't doing what they need to do now to promote leadership um, to hire more people of color, women of color. If they're not making the changes to shift their culture, then they're yeah. going to be so behind when twenty and that's around the corner. You know what I mean? It really yeah, we're
1: ending the decades soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they're going to be behind and, and the culture is gonna look different and we're gonna have more power, more say. You know, you're seeing that in politics, you're seeing it everywhere. And so companies who still haven't gotten it, I don't know where they're gonna be, but we're in this together and things are, demographics are shifting and I really do feel like together there's going to be power and the workplace is going to look different. And it's going to be different. I think a lot of us are going to create our own companies. Um mm-hmm. so right now, um, a lot of minority companies aren't aren't scaling the way that you know, white owned companies are. So yeah. a lot of us don't have over twenty employees, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so but I feel like there's gonna be a shift where we're gonna get those companies that we're hiring hundreds of people. We're changing the way the workplace, the workforce is looking. And so with more companies that are owned by us, with more dollars, more power, the more things are going to shift. And so we just need to be in it together. We need to find ways to be allies to each other, sponsor each other, put us, give us seats at the table, right? Or create our own seats. I mean, our own table like Tyler Perry did. But my thoughts on that is that we're in this together. There doesn't need to be that interconflict. You know, one's not better than the other. At the end of the day, we each deal with biases at work. We each even have our own biases towards each other, but together there's power.
1: Yeah, yeah, amazing. Speaking about uh, collaboration and, um, you know, having to build our own seats and having to, you know, be in this together and work things out together. You've been, um, you've had a lot of workshops that you've done um, lately on turning your lemons to lemonade. And um, I think it's something you want to- Right, because after work, you're kind (laughs) of hungry.
0: Of course. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So food, drinks, and just a really safe space for us to have candid conversations to collaborate. And yeah. some of the highlights starting L2L Mixer is that there's been people who've gained jobs from attending. Some of my speakers have gone on to speak on bigger st- stages after mm-hmm. speaking at Mixers. Like I've given people their first shot mm-hmm. at speaking. It means a lot because it only takes that one opportunity to open doors for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to create that for people. I want to create opportunities for speakers. I want to create opportunities for my attendees to to get jobs, to collaborate. Um, I've seen collaboration in its purest form from um, you know hosting a mixer at this um, company where my point of contact moved on to Netflix, right? And, and at that same, at that same panel, one of my panelists is a photographer and announced that day that they were leaving their full-time job to be a photographer. But a lot of us just need access. Access is everything for people's careers. And so having that access changed my trajectory. Um, and it changed how I view myself, my work, and so i want to create access for other people ready you know you can be on a plane train at a concert and there's an opportunity for you so always be prepared to pitch yourself have your elevator pitch um, you know if you're trying to create visibility for yourself have a speaker kit have a deck for your brand have an email template set, have your resume on handy on your phone so you can send people the things that they need right away. So stay ready. Um, and then the last thing I would say is that bet on yourself. So when your current job or your current role really isn't fulfilling, if there's something more you have to give to this world that you haven't found or seen in your world create it yourself. Um and it is what I did. You know, I wasn't my my full time roles really wasn't showcasing my talent and my full potential. And so I had to create it so that I could feel fulfilled every day. Mm. And every day I said I'm not gonna go to bed without working towards my dreams. Mm. And so do that for yourself. Um create that space for yourself because people are always watching. So create it, create a brand around it and promote it and showcase what you can do. You'll never know where that will lead you.
1: Oh wow, yeah, you gotta bet on yourself. You just have to. And then your phone has to be more than your phone, you know, um, putting all your um, brand assets and all, having it on hand because you just never know when an opportunity will come up. And I, I remember it was just, I was talking about this podcast to somebody it was actually a German lady and we were just sharing because I moved from the U.S. to Canada. And so just meeting other internationals and I was sharing with her the idea behind the podcast. And she was like, oh, there's this uh, conference you should be part of. And I was like, okay. She sent me the details. I looked up about it and they had an opening for a scholarship, for a fellowship. And I applied. You know, I just applied and everything. I just got the call back um, just this week. So I'll be speaking mm-hmm. in Thailand next year. So, you know, it's just so amazing. You just have to be, you know, you just... I'm speechless because, like, what you're saying now, and I've seen it play out. I know what it is to be, um, to be not looked upon, to be sidelined. Because I also have a background in PR. And then mm-hmm. you know, a lot of international brands and all. And then, you know, moving to a new city, it's like you're starting over... And you have to prove yourself. So I know like I've been on both sides of the divide. So I know what yeah. So what you're saying is really, really true. And um, I hope to show up at one of the mixers as well and you know get to do something with you very soon.
0: And Tracy, like, you know, I mentioned that I'm moving. I'm having to start all over again. Mm. you know moving, I thought it would be easy moving to Nashville because everyone always says if you made it in New York you can make it anywhere <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if Nashville's as impressed with all, all that I've been able to do in New York like I'm impressed because New York was a beast to Ooh, say yeah. that um, it's a beast um to say that I started where I started started and then I left creating my own brand my own you know business of Mm. creating the network that I I have created coming back to Nashville I really did I didn't have that same network I had to start all over again even with my mixers Mm. I can host my mixes in other cities and it sells out right but in Nashville it doesn't I have such a hard time and so I'm still having to like find my way, even with the job search, you know, I still want my full-time benefits, right?
1: Of course, (laughs) dental and medical.
0: (laughs) Right? Medical is real. So even with that, you know, being in Nashville, I'm having to start from square one. I really do feel like I'm fresh out of college Mm -hmm. out here. Mm -hmm. But what keeps me encouraged is that I went through it Before and nothing can be worse than that moment at that time.
1: Yeah,
0: and I survived. I'm still standing, and so I'm gonna
1: keep going,
0: and it will work out because it worked out before.
1: Definitely, I think there's a great feeling come that comes with that, like knowing that you know I started over and I'm gonna do it again. I did it before, I'll do it again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great feeling. It's a great feeling. And it's taking
0: time. time because oh, yeah. like it took a it's been a year now and finally I'm kind of getting my groove into mm. things I'm meeting the right type of people finally yeah um, meeting friends people who can relate um, yeah. and so that's making the times here spent a little bit better having meeting people who have similar synergy, right yes,
1: yes yes it makes it worth it same with me too so it's been a year as well since I moved so it was like okay everything is just beginning to (laughs) to align yeah i know that feeling (laughs) i know that Mm -hmm. feeling So,
0: just for people who want to keep up with tour dates and other events um, you can feel free to visit brittanyoliver.com and you can sign up for the mailing list and then um, there's an events tab as well on britneyoliver.com where you could just check back to see what's coming up. But the newsletter, everyone who's on the newsletter gets first dibs on what's Definitely. happening. So that's the best way to keep posted on what's happening with Lemons Lemonade.
1: Yeah. So guys, you need to get on the newsletter, uh, get to britneyoliver.com. get on the newsletter. And just be encouraged on how you can turn your lemons to lemonade and everything that Brittany is all about and what she's doing in that space. So Brittany, thank you so much for taking out the time, you know, and just being very real, being very open. We really, really enjoyed all that you said today. And everybody, remember, communication is your superpower to remain visible at work. I'll see you next week.